Hello and welcome to the Tremendously Awkward Podcast. I'm Dan Barry. I'm Laddie from Lost Boys. Hey, what a get we got this week. Yeah, um, it's been a while. I've uh, been missing for quite some time now. I was going to um, say, I was going to say, where you been? Uh, you know, it's around. Let's just say around. That's the extent yeah. of your improv, right? You're, you're just about done where you can stretch this story. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I've... Uh, yeah, that's about it. Yep, all right. <laughs> this... This episode is another special episode of Beauty and the Number of the Beast. This week, Bill picked a movie for me. This week, this episode, we do like two of these a week. Uh, this episode has been handpicked by one William Jefferson Carr. And uh, it is 1980s Cruisin' starring Al Pacino. Let me pull this up. Oh, I'm going to pull up the synopsis. Because I didn't do that before we started. The synopsis, as is tradition, a psychopath is scouring New York City gay clubs and viciously slaying homosexuals. Detective Steve Burns is ordered to don leather attire, hang at the city's S&M joints, and keep an eye out for the killer. But as Steve becomes immersed in club hopping, he begins to identify with the subculture more than he expected. Meanwhile... Steve behaves distance, distantly around his girlfriend, Nancy. The police force's homophobia becomes apparent, and the killer remains at large. So, in watching this, the only thing I could relate it to upon initially seeing it was The Departed. <laughs> I couldn't get away from the idea of... You're a secret undercover cop that can't even communicate with us. You have to meet us in, in covert. Like, the plot that it followed, removing the idea of, like, catching Jack Nicholson as a drug dealer. Instead, you're trying to find uh, the serial killer who is targeting gay men. So it's okay. essentially the same movie. I, 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 could, I could see that, I guess. Just for that, that point. Everything else, I... Uh... <clears throat> No, 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 scene for scene remake, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Just replace uh, 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 sex and S&M and bondage with drugs and bad Boston accents. Fair enough. Yeah, that's it. And on that note, we're out of here, guys. You guys have a good... <laughs> it was... Um... Hold on, let me adjust my mic here. It was, um, I would argue, not Pacino's greatest work. It was early. It was, uh, I mean, after Godfather, obviously, but before it's, Scarface, he was he was still trying to find his calling, I guess. Yeah, this wasn't it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's like. You know, I, I get that you were trying to shock and awe me. I've determined that that's what every movie you pick for me is. This didn't really shock and awe me too much. There wasn't anything like... Well, this... There wasn't, like... There wasn't anything shocking, except for one scene, um, which we'll get to in a little while. Um, I... It's just something different, and it's... So, 
I like this movie, and I had never heard of it until about maybe eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you know, I collect uh, movies and hard to find Blu-rays and you know collector's edition stuff that's only available, you know, limited edition stuff and limited availability. Um, so this movie was announced by Arrow, which is a distri- distribution company, but they and they put out, you know a lot of uh, hard-to-find stuff that, you know, they transfer and make look nice and everything, and they announced this movie. And I had never heard of it before. I didn't even bother looking into it, um, because they usually just buy whatever they put out. Mm-hmm. And so I bought it, and I'm looking at the back, and I see the Al Pacino's in, and I see the whole cast, and I'm like, wow, I had no idea that this movie even existed, especially with like with the director, William Friedkin, who, you know, he, he directed The Exorcist and didn't really direct much more else you know he, he, he didn't direct many movies yeah um and yeah paul servino al pacino um uh, forgot Karen allen yeah um was she from indiana jones indiana jones and uh animal house right yep yeah um yeah this so, movie is how how karen allen got the role in indiana jones and the crystal skull not the not the one that she was in before that that came out after this movie. This is the movie that got her in Crystal Skull, just because there's a leather hat and jacket at some point in this movie that she wears. And I was like, she's like, you know, one day I can't wait to make a movie set in the 50s. And it's like, well, good news, Karen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, I I had bought it and just decided to watch it one day. And for the time, um. This had to be a very controversial movie. Oh, incredibly. There was protests from both sides. Yeah. The gay community and I'll call it the straight community, even though we're not really a community. We're just boring mayo, mayo people. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the both communities were pretty against this. The gay community was like protesting the movie because um, – they felt that this misrepresented the community as a whole and painted it as this is what the gay community is like. Yeah, but no, it was just kind of like that underground S&M, you know, section, I guess. Um, but is I mean, this the movie? Can I? Can I? Uh, is this the movie that you and Effie were talking about? Um, well, this is this is the first time I had heard I had learned about the bandanas. Okay. And I learned. I I had watched that scene, and I was like, "Oh, I need to know more about this because this is very interesting to me." And we had obviously, you know, had a big high spots interview planned with Effie over WrestleMania weekend, and I wanted to address this, and we never got to do it. So I'm very upset by that. Didn't we talk about this with him in Buffalo though? <sighs> I don't remember. It's possible. We went for the. Uh tid the season in, in buffalo and we met effie at the airport and we drove him to the show uh also a starbucks because bill couldn't just not go to starbucks before the show and i remember you bringing it up and i don't i remember him kind of being like i don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah, it's possible <laughs> so in this movie basically like a different color bandana and a different pocket of your pants tells people exactly what you're into which include like giving golden showers, taking golden showers, and um, so on. And they just explain it in this one scene, 
And then the movie like lightly references it for the rest of the movie, but it just seems like they just really wanted to get that one scene in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it read to me. I, I don't know. Hey, I could so, be. I mean, and, and like I said before, um, obviously for the time, very controversial. Uh, William Friedkin, I read, he, the, his research was actually going to these S&M clubs and kind of just hanging out and seeing what went on. Yeah. And um, I mean, he definitely, I'm, I'm assuming what you see in the movies is kind of what you see or what he had witnessed. I'm at. sure it's bumped up to yeah. some extreme amount because I'm, well, here's the thing. I don't know. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't a gay man in 1980, so I really couldn't tell you if this is what it was like, but what? Yeah. I know it's surprising to you. Uh, you think I was born in 1943. You're 63 years old. Yeah, I fought in Vietnam. You didn't know about that. Yeah, it was a lot like when Doctor Manhattan and the Watchmen goes to Vietnam and just destroys people. Except all I did was paint myself blue and walk around naked. It wasn't really the same. Mm, close though. Yeah, it was the. It's actually where the Blue Man Group got their start is by seeing newsreel footage of me naked in Vietnam. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm a oh. trendsetter. You are a trendsetter. <laughs> What's that even mean? <laughs> so anyway, so essentially what happens in this movie is uh, Al Pacino uh, is a straight man who's dating Karen Allen. Uh, Paul Sorvino goes in an interview for, I guess, this job. It goes, have you ever had a man suck your dick? <laughs> like something along the lines. And then he goes, he's like, did you ever suck a man's dick? And Pacino's just like awkwardly laughing, which I kind of think was just real Pacino. And then uh, he pitches him this undercover gig trying to find the um, serial killer. And then Pacino really uh, gets into the the scene, but not even not really, though. Like, he's just like... He's in more scenes where this type of stuff is happening. Like, yeah. I think there's a scene where there's a dude having sex in the bar, and Pacino's just sitting there. He's <laughs> like, hey, what's going on? That's the worst Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, night or uh, 2007 Pacino? Yeah, that's that's um, the Irishman Pacino. <laughs> oh, hey, let's go. Good Lord. Um, but yeah, no, it was a very... Um, it's very condemning of the police in this movie as well. Yeah, which, a little bit. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Pacino, I was going to say fingers of a, a, a waiter, but I, I mean, says that the waiter is the person who did it. And they bring him in for questions. This is my favorite. By the way, this is the scene where I almost sent you, what the fuck is this movie, Bill? Mm-hmm. But I was also cooking dinner as I was watching it, so I couldn't really do it. Um, this is a scene... So Pacino and the waiter are being questioned, but Pacino is being like they they know Pacino's a cop. This is one of my favorite scenes in the history of cinema, by the way. It's the best scene I've ever seen in my life, and I want it to happen to me in real life, just because. Um, so Pacino and the lawyer are talking. Pacino, I'm sorry, Pacino and the waiter are talking, and Pacino goes, "You ain't got nothing on us," and whatever. So they knock on a door, and a a giant muscular black naked man in a cowboy hat walks over, punches Al Pacino dead in the face, and then walks out of the room. And that is the whole scene. 
I, I was I was just sitting there like I was literally cutting up zucchini and I just stopped and stared at the scene for a second and I didn't move because I didn't know what to make of what I just saw. <laughs> I I if you guys are wondering like if I'm just making this scene up, no I am not. That is legit everything that happens and then uh subsequently the cops uh beat the gay waiter until the gay waiter confesses um even though the gay waiter obviously didn't do it so hey rightfully so i mean you're getting your ass kicked by this guy um repeatedly i i'd tap out too yeah that he people have to walk in the room like yeah it was me i did it um but just take me away. When I was watching When They See Us um, yesterday, and then I watched this movie, and I was like, "These fucking cops, man! <laughs> leave, leave these guys alone! Why are you trying to get them?" <laughs> so anyway, so then uh, Pacino. But even uh, even the look, the look on Pacino's face when he walks in the room was like he had no idea what was what was going on. Like in real life, he was like, "What the hell's about to happen to me?" Yeah, yeah. From well, <laughs> the director's just like, "All right, Al, uh, just keep saying you don't know what they're talking about, and you have nothing to answer." And then at some point, um, we just need you to improv with the next guy who walks in the room. <laughs> just like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> kick the door open. Big black naked man punches him dead in the face with a cowboy hat, which is my favorite part about that. Like, as if nothing else was was weird about that scene, the cowboy hat sells it. That's that's the the money. <laughs> oh man, it's so good. Good times. So good. So another scene that uh really caught my eye was uh when he was just hanging out in one of the clubs mm-hmm. just sitting observing you know having a beer and then looks over to his right and sees a group of guys surrounding this one guy who looks like he's like hanging from a, a swing of sorts and yes. he's just standing, and it cuts back and forth to pacino and then what's going on over here and then all of a sudden the guy just dumps his arm elbow deep into a tub of crisco and uh, then uh, you can pretty much guess what happened. They played that. Kermit the Frog. The expression of Pacino's face never changes. Yeah, Pacino's like, huh? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> That's the other thing about Pacino's face. Like, Pacino reacts in, to every scene, no matter what's happening, as if, oh, this again. <laughs> like that's No matter what the scene is, Pacino's face reads, ah, again, <laughs> again with the Crisco. <laughs> Again with the naked cowboy. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It is. Um, and then it, it gives you like this weird uh, movie at the end. A uh, movie. This weird. Um, how do I word this? Like. You don't know the ending. You're supposed to somewhat loosely interpret the ending. Where yeah. Pacino is shaving his face. <laughs> What's that? Very loose, I'd say. Yeah, but it's like there's like a um the guy who was Pacino's neighbor in the the house that they're staying in, or the hotel, apartment complex they're staying in, is dead. He's been killed. And then Pacino is in an apartment with his 
girlfriend and he goes i'll tell you i'm gonna tell you everything so she leaves the bathroom while he's shaving goes into the living room puts on his leather cowboy hat and aviator sunglasses pacino shaves and then looks into the camera and then it shows a tugboat and then really loud music that says directed by william friedkin (laughs) that's how it ended and i know it's supposed to be one of those like loosely interpreted like is Pacino going through his uh uh conversion here did he find him that he really does love the gay S&M life is his girlfriend about to find out everything because she's wearing a leather ca- a leather police hat which is probably not standard issue <laughs> like <laughs> but it was ex- essentially the departed if Leonardo DiCaprio lived and everything around them was gay S&M instead of uh, drugs and Jack Nicholson overacting. Yes. <laughs> That's the, so if you want to see this movie, but are, if you are homophobic, just watch The Departed. Yeah. <laughs> which odds are you probably already do. <laughs> yeah. If you're open-minded watch this or or if you want to have a nice gathering and have a homophobic friend tell them you're going to watch the departed together and then play this movie that that sounds like the best idea or or what you do is you get one of those big movie screens like the inflatable ones you can get off like wayfair Mm -hmm. put in the back of the house set up a projector surround sound it as loud as humanly possible and then just play this movie. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Put it on your front lawn. Mm-hmm. Play this movie for people as they drive by. Because <laughs> there's yeah. definitely going to be at least two away scenes. House. What's that? Facing away from your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you want, you can sit in one Adirondack chair directly in front of the screen. <laughs> and just confuse <laughs> your whole neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. People walk by like, is that Al Pacino? Is that Al Pacino? (laughs) (laughs) It's the woman from Indiana Jones. What's she doing? This looks like The Departed. Yeah. Oh my, is this The Departed? I'm I'm going to sit here and, oh no, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Oh, what's Pacino doing? Is that Chris? Oh. (laughs) Oh, Al Pacino's getting interrogated. I wonder what's going to happen now. Oh, man. The best part is, like, it doesn't actually convince you that they found the murderer. The idea is that they didn't find the murderer. I guess not. So the movie ended with nothing was resolved. Yeah, I was like, wait, what's happening? Wait, did did Pacino just steal this guy's attire and and kill this neighbor? That's the thing. Did Pacino kill the neighbor? Is the murderer still at large? Is this whole movie just about how everything's the same except Al Pacino might be gay now? Is that yeah. what this whole movie is driving us towards? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think this was a, a, a glowing resemblance of that community. No. Have you ever partaken in S&M, Bill? What's that? Have you ever partaken in S&M, Bill? No, I am a, I'm what you call a giant pussy. And, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't like fun. 
in the middle in the middle of coitus, if someone leans on your hair, you cry and you leave the room. <laughs> Somebody rubs up gently against me, I freak out and twitch. It's, it's the dog enters the room. Suddenly, you have to stop because you think you're scaring the dog. <laughs> Yeah, this wasn't a glowing uh, um, representation of the community. Or anyone. <laughs> yeah, of anything. No one looked good leaving this movie, except maybe Karen Allen. Yeah. Like, Paul and Sorvino maybe... is like the yeah. shittiest cop in the world. Who's that? He's, he's like, you're going to go undercover. You're going to be gay. You're going to watch us beat the crap out of another gay guy. I'm going to tell you one day you're going to be doing it too. And then the movie's going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, I don't consider this a big miss for me, guys. I'm going to say this one's like a two stars. That's what I'm giving this one. Stars. Okay. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's fine. Like, it's, a, it's directed by a great director. So there are a lot of great scenes in it. I think it's very slow. I think that there are scenes that um could have been better that's how i'll describe it i think there are scenes that could have been notably better um i like how i'm criticizing like a an acclaimed director in my um review of this movie i just think that it was like it was as if you explained to a sociopath what the snm community was about and then told them to make a movie about it like there's no there's no real tie-ins to what I think would Yeah, again, I, I'm saying that, but I actually don't know the community. So I, I who knows? I might be completely off. And if you are a person who's a member of the uh S and M community in the LGBTQ arena, then let me know if I'm wrong. That's fair. I just don't because from what I understand with S and M and those type of things, part of it is the uh the masochistic part or the uh physical part and then part of it afterward is like the nurturing part that's how i understand it where it's like yes we're gonna do all these like crazy violent things but at the end of it i'm gonna hold you and we're gonna lay together and that's gonna bring you back to base so to speak again i could be completely wrong if you look at me you know i just like being on bottom i don't really have a whole lot of things in me guys i have sciatica I don't really move that much. <laughs> Not the most flexible guy. <laughs> Didn't you get shingles once too? I had shingles. <laughs> <laughs> I have dislocated my shoulder in sex, and it wasn't because of uh, the crazy maneuver I was doing. I was moving. <laughs> I was rolling over. <laughs> my shoulder popped out. So I'm not someone who's going to be in the SM community, guys. I'm just not. I am not that kinky. Fair enough. I'll hang out. I'll have a few drinks. But uh, I don't want to get beat up. Yeah. <laughs> I am uh, I'm big softy, guys. Yeah. It's making me think of like those like deathmatch wrestlers. Like if mid-sex, you're like, yo, gig me. <laughs> Just gig, gig color. I don't know how it works. <laughs> this is a lot for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be having sex if I grab a hold. I get to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been there before. Yep. <laughs> Just sweating and 
<laughs> ruining somebody else's day. <laughs> That's life, guys. Anywho, two stars. Two stars. All right. Well, um, what? Uh, I guess now's the time where you give me a movie there, there Dan. Yes, and I actually have an idea, and I'm going to do it. Um, it's a movie that I don't think either of us have seen. Really? Yeah, well, this Saturday, uh, we're going to be trying to do some interviews together, which means I have to be sitting next to you. So during the course of that day, we might as well record some podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. So if that's what we're going to do, let's uh, watch a movie after our set of interviews, eat some pizza, and then we'll review review it. So this one is a movie that neither of us have seen. Okay. And it came out on March 6th, 2020. 2020? 2020. Oh, new movie. That's right. And uh, this is the synopsis. Teenage elf brothers Ian and Barley embark on a magical quest to spend one more day with their late father. Like any good adventure, their journey is filled with cryptic maps, impossible obstacles, and unimaginable discoveries. But when dear mom finds out her sons are missing, she teams up with the legendary Manticore to bring her beloved boys back home. Bill, the next movie we are reviewing is Disney's Onward. Man, that sounds sad already. Yep, already going to cry. <laughs> Disney Pixar Onward. So you know we're going to cry. <laughs> Absolutely. Ah, it's even in the synopsis. Pretty much. Yeah, in the synopsis, you hear, oh no, they want to spend one more day with their dad. Ugh. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> Me and Bill are going to be eating pizza and sobbing. That's what's going to yeah. happen on Saturday. It's true. All right. I well, guess that's it. That's, uh, that's the episode, gang. Uh, make sure you go to teamtremendous.bigcartel.com to get all of the shirts I have in my garage. ProWrestlingTees.com slash teamtremendous for every shirt we possibly own. Remember, all t-shirt merchandise for the month of June is being donated to the Trevor Project. So if you don't buy stuff, you're a piece of shit. I'm just kidding. That's not real. You can just donate to the Trevor Project directly, too. That also works. Um, make sure you follow us on social media at WWE Dutch. At the Dan Barry. Bill, what do you want to put over? Well, today's a very exciting day for me. Um, I had gone to the local Walgreens mm-hmm. because I ran out of body wash three days ago and ran out of deodorant a week and a half ago. And um, I came across one of my favorite products that I did not know was sold in stores now. <laughs> Ooh, do tell. Uh, maybe next time. Um, no, we're already here. All right. Um, it's uh, liquid IV. So this is a uh, a powder mix that you put in water, um, and instantly cures your hangovers. Ooh, not like Pedialyte. No, and this this works way better. Pedialyte's good, but this it tastes good. It hydrates the shit out of you. I think it's the equivalent of drinking, like, three 32-ounce Gatorades. Um, it's it's amazing. Uh, if I am planning on having a heavy drinking night, I will take one before I go to sleep and then take one as soon as I wake up, and I will feel great within 20 minutes. So wow. liquid, IV, 
Go to your local stores and find Liquid IV. You heard it here. A glowing review from an alcoholic. So you absolutely have to get it if that's what you're interested in. <laughs> and that is it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, hey, Bill. Where's your bandana located? Left pocket. Right. <laughs>